Welcome to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast, the podcast for real estate professionals dedicated to driving business success with data. Today, I have with me Daniel Ramsey, and he's the CEO and founder of My Outdesk. Daniel, thanks for being with us. Yeah, Sean, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I was looking forward to this, this podcast. Uh, you know, over the years, uh, we've seen a lot of subscribers or a lot of subscriptions logging in from uh, the Philippines and India. And yep. I'm hoping you can explain to us what that's all about and why those, uh, why those folks are on our site. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, India isn't easy. They're doing the data scrub. I mean, they're going into the list and making sure everything's there and, you know, maybe doing a little skip tracing and filling in the spreadsheet, so to speak. And then in the Philippines, I mean, people are calling. Bottom line, it's the number one voice outsourcing place in the world. So every time you call Comcast, every time you kind of call DirecTV or any, any major corporation, uh, they have people in the Philippines. And so what we do here at my outdesk is we just help the small medium sized guys compete with the big old Zillow's and the iBuyers of the world who they have out, they have access to these other countries with, you know, less expensive people. And so we're basically in there helping people find leverage and, um, you know, saving money. So our customers are hiring you, Yep. Uh, to put folks in the Philippines uh, to, you know, use our data to run their business. Yeah. Help and run their business. And the fun thing about that is every single time somebody calls us up and says, Hey, um, I want to start prospecting. I want to start. We, the first question that we always ask is, you know, where'd you buy your list? And do you have a, you know, do you have some targets, you know, cause okay. people always want to, yeah, exactly. And what are you going to say when you call them? So um, I'm excited to be here. We're going to break down like how prospecting works, how our virtual assistants work. We're going to give away a copy of our book. I wrote a book about helping, you know, real estate people and really just business people uh, find leverage effectively when it's outsourced because you can really, really screw this up. Um, yeah. So we, we're going to give this away. I know you read the book, which I'm excited yeah, about. I did. Yeah, and yeah. Before we get into all that, though, let's... Yes. Give, give us the backstory. How did you end up in this this business and how'd you end up creating my outdesk? Yeah, I mean, the story really starts when I got married. So I'm I'm married, my wife and I go to Guatemala. You know, as my wife would say, all this nothing happened before marriage, right? Um, <laughs> but really, so we're 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 married, we're in Guatemala, we're like hiking through the rainforest and there's monkeys and trees and beautiful, just beautiful stuff. And we stayed at Francis Ford Coppola resort. And this is one of those bungalows resorts. Like you're up in the trees with nature and you've got to like walk up and down. Like it's just insanely beautiful, huge lake in front. And, um, my wife, we're married three days. My wife is asleep back in the bungalow and I'm literally at the bar. Cause that's the only place there where there, where there was Wi-Fi you know, closing a real estate deal. The Got bartender. It. So you're yeah. a agent broker at this point and yeah. And yeah. Doing so, one deal at a time. Yeah. Well, I was, a so in my town, I was the number nine guy out of, so a number nine out of 9,000 real estate people. And at any one time we had a couple hundred listings that were going live and I had three you're offices. Yeah. I had three offices in Northern California, uh, San Francisco, uh, Redding and Sacramento. And so I'm building this, you know, business and, you know, there's problems like deals are falling through and there's issues. And so I'm literally on my honeymoon working at the bar and, you know, the, the, the bartender who's Mexican guy, he, he, he speaks Spanish and he starts making fun of me like literally making fun of me, grabs my cell phone, snaps a photo of me and starts saying things like stupid white guy, beautiful bride back in the room. He's always working. These damn Americans are going to ruin our, you know, like, and he just made, and at that moment, I literally had an epiphany and I was like, I've got to change something about a business, you know, our business. This can't be how I spend the rest of my life working. And so shortly after that, we revamped our business and really kind of focused on leverage. And so that's what we help people do now is buy some of their time back. I wanted to stay married, have some kids one day. <laughs> like, and then like everybody that's listening, you know, we, we start companies because we want time freedom. 
Like that's yeah. the number one thing we want to be able to go and play. Yeah. 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 And so, but you know, there's some things that you have to kind of change in your business. And that's what, that's the growth that I went through. Right. Right. So working uh, on your business rather than just in your business. Well, and, and in our world, what we do is we'll help somebody craft a plan. We'll set up expectations. We'll make sure that they have all the systems that they need. Uh, you know, we'll create some frameworks, especially if you're going after a particular type of deal or a particular type of customer. So we're, we don't help people with scripts. I, you know what, Sean, if another agent calls me and says, do you have any good scripts? I might shoot myself because that's not <laughs> what matters. You know, you're talking about data driven. Nobody wants to get a robocaller who's reading from a script. Right. Nobody. Yeah. And so we help people create frameworks. They follow those frameworks and then they end up having good results. Okay. So you have this epiphany. How does that actually get from epiphany to how many, how many folks do you have now? Yeah. So we're 13 years old. So we started outsourcing before the four hour work week, before it became a real thing. Um, uh, and, and I started, I hired my first person in 2007. Um, but yeah, we were 13 years old and we've served 6,000 customers over the, that 13 years, which has been pretty fun. Um, which means, you know, (laughs) if you're listening, which means I've got to see all kinds of business setups, Right. All kinds of tech stacks, all kinds of like different uh, org charts and leadership structures. And so it's been a really fun experience. Um, talk about data driven. I mean, it's, there's a model that works. And after you see it a certain amount of time, it's, it's pretty apparent. Pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys, you know, a lot of people call it virtual assistants. I like you call them virtual professionals, right? Kind of saying, hey, it's, these folks... Don't make them just read from a script, right? Like you're never going to get the close a deal, build a pro, build a relationship, et cetera, by having somebody read a script to your point, right? Like you need them to actually make a real connection. Yeah. And, um, and they can do that even, even from that far away. Well, and you know, it's funny as we, you know, back in the day we put together systems. So the old phone book used to have like a map of our cities, right? And then it would have zip codes and then have name of neighborhoods. So we do silly things like, you know, I would cut the, every year I'd cut the phone book off and I'd scan it over to them. So they have an, an updated version of here's, here's the map of the areas. Then we'd have them subscribe to the business journal, the Sacramento B because we're in Sacramento. Um, we would have them go on blogs and join Facebook groups and Yahoo groups back when Yahoo was a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so they, they could learn what real estate was and then Google earth. Oh my God, Google, yeah. earth, you can Google anything and look up what the house looks like and how the yards are and where's the trash, you know I mean? Like, so there's so many systems now to allow somebody to understand your neighborhood, your target area, you know, your ideal persona, the person that you're trying to go after. So there's a lot of systems that you can build that they don't, doesn't require the person to be right here in the chair next to you in the office, you know? Yeah. I imagine that's why we have many, many, many people. I won't say how many uh, logging in every day from, uh, uh, down that way, you know, working on behalf of, of customers that are based, based here. Right. And they, they can see that, uh, street side view, zoom into the backyard, <laughs> all the rest, uh, and get, you know, the names and phone numbers. So, you know, I think that's, we have folks doing that all day, every day in, in our system. Tell me about the, the clients you serve, right? You, you got, you started this out of real estate. So is that kind of yep. where you started? Is there other industries you serve now is it just realtors or yeah, you know. real estate investors a little bit? I'm, I'm such a crazy guy. I'm an investor. I'm, I'm a mortgage guy. I have a contractor's license and I was a licensed real estate broker. So when I first started my outtest, we really hyper-focused on real estate people. So whether you're an investor or a broker or running a team, we really focused in on there. But over the years, we've added insurance. I mean, we have a boat broker in Florida, weirdly enough, like wow. selling boats and selling houses and, you know, all that. And then we serve... Say again? I said pretty similar, really, at the end of the day, high ticket item. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. The customers are the same. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. wild. So, um, 
I mean, you know, insurance, IT, healthcare, I mean, all the industries need leverage. And that's the thing you asked earlier, like, so what happened after the honeymoon? What did you, what, what, what did you do? And really in the book, and we're going to give away a copy of this book. So I, I, I bring this up because all of our frameworks are inside of this book, but we believe I, we, they. So when you're brand new in the business, you're an I do it. You're doing all the work. You're figuring out all the, everything that you need to do. Like, how am I going to sell this? What systems do I need? All that. Then in the we space, you're basically building systems and process. So you're, you're basically figuring out like when you get a client, what do you do with them? You know, when you get in contract, how do you serve them? When you close on a deal, do you want them as a referral source or is it just close and get out of there? You know, so in the system and process, you know, scenario of building a business, it's all about documenting what you are, what you have, and then building the IT stack around that. And then really kind of testing and playing with it. And that's when you start adding team members in. And so when you asked what, what happened after the, after my honeymoon, I just went back to work and I went back to, you know, the business and I started documenting, Hey, here's how we want to serve our clients. Here's what we want them to get in terms of marketing. Here's what we're going to do when we close on a deal. Here's where we're going to put them so we can follow up with them afterwards, you know, CRM. And so we just started documenting every single thing that we do because I wanted to get to the, they do it where I had a team. And they were in the fight and not me, you know, every right. single day. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, that, that's what we did. In 2011, uh, my wife and I moved to South America for six months and lived in Peru. So we lived in Arequipa and did the Monte Pichu's thing and did rafting and went across the desert and just really were tourists for six months. And in that time, my outdesk grew, my real estate practice grew, and we were buying and selling a lot of properties for, for, for our investment company. And no way that would have happened if you weren't at They Do It, right? Like, because if you hadn't made it to that step, there's just no way you can, you can get to that point as a business owner. And I've been a business owner most of my adult life, right? It, it's a hard step. It can be a hard step to get to. And you really don't get any personal freedom until you reach it. What's funny is I literally, we had two cars, so we had to pull our cars into the driveway and then jack them up. You, you, you know, apparently after a month of not driving a car, your tires start to split. And so like, what, what do you have to do? You have to, we had to winter, winterize our cars and then literally jack them up in the driveway behind the gate. And that's what allowed us, you know, I mean, silly things like we rented our house out. I mean, think about this. We moved all of our stuff out of our house, yeah. rented our house, jacked our cars up. And then we rent, we, we rented a three bedroom house in Peru for 400 bucks. And it was a brand new like apartment kind of with great, beautiful views. And just, you know, so anyways, the point is we learn the lesson the hard way that if you want to create wealth and get out of like, well, being a, uh, like a hamster, my girls have a little hamster right now. I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old that hamster man just runs on the wheel. And every time I pass that hamster, I'm like, yep, I remember that. That was me. That was, I was on my honeymoon. That's exactly how it feels. Um, and it's surprising how, how that hamster just loves to run on the wheel. And there are some people listening right now that that's, that's, they love they that. Love the, yeah. The hunt, the fight and, and keep doing it every day. And yeah. So for sure, absolutely. Is that person out there? Yep. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, making that transition from doing stuff yourself to even getting to the, we, where you do it as a team is a hard transition, let alone getting it to really trusting it to somebody else and knowing that it will, will happen. Can we walk through that maybe a little bit and let's, Maybe before we even do that, let's talk about what things can you do that with successfully with my outdesk, right? So prospecting. Yep. Um, imagine booking appointments, doing some of those kinds of administrative tasks. What else? Yeah. So we primarily serve in four places. Um, sales is a number one, w- one of our largest, um, you know, products that we support, but 
administrative paperwork, booking, you know, scheduling, booking. I mean, I've, I've had my VA actually call and order a limo, get dinner reservations. And, you know, I have a friend that owns a Midas dealership and his VA bought a barn door like, cause he needed a new barn door. So he's like measured the dimensions and said, go buy a barn door. Uh, it's surprising how many CEOs out there and investors who are making millions of dollars don't have a personal assistant. So number two area is personal assistant. We have a lot of marketing virtual assistants. So helping with podcasts or creating of blogs or creating of email content or running your social platforms. Like that's a huge area that we have, um, you know, a lot of virtual assistants. And then, you know, just simple customer service and support. Um, many companies, you know, whether you're a mortgage company, an IT company, somebody needs to answer the phone. And yep. it's always surprising to me I, you know, last, last summer, our HVAC broke, I called four places, one place called me back 48 hours later, you know? And so, you know, you think about little things like having good reviews on your website, answering the phone when somebody calls, these are all basic, you know, business things. But I was talking to a entrepreneur yesterday, a million dollar company in, in, in revenue, been in business almost 20 years. And his reviews online were horrible. And, you know, I asked him about it and, you know, we're, we're lucky. We have 500 five-star reviews. And speaking of, you know, systems and process, we had, we had nothing. We had, we had no reviews until we built a system and process to get reviews asking for them. Yeah. And so, you know, everything in my world is like, can I put it into a system? Can I put it into a process? When somebody says, Hey, Daniel, you should start this. I think, could I put it into a system and process? And if it's yes, or I already have one, then I continue (laughs) with the conversation, you know, if it's no, you're done. (laughs) Yeah. If it's no, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm not smart enough. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes it very, very easy. Um, but yeah, those are the four primary areas and really how people know that they need help. This is, this is the question to ask. And this is my favorite question. And we ask this question every month to several hundred people. If you had to double your business right now, like it wave a wand or if like your family's lives depended on it, right. going from where you are today to a double, what would you have to do? Yeah. And those yeah. kind of questions yeah. just spark thought. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's really good, you know, and it, it, and I think you know, always having that mindset, like, what can I do to double my business? But you know, I think a lot of people when they say, okay, you look at that double my business, right? They think they have to work twice as hard, right? right? And I think that keeps a lot of people from growing and expanding because the only answer they can see is my life's going to get worse. It's going to get harder, right? And I imagine, you know, you've helped solve that for a lot of folks. Well, you know, I want to go back to, I mean, systems and process. One of the easiest things to do is to create a framework for, uh, you know, for your employees to follow, like whether it's a marketing framework or a sales framework or a service framework, when they, when they have like a bullet point and I want to break it down. So in our process, we call it builds B I wait, B yeah. B I U L D S builds, right. Um, spelling wasn't my thing in, in, in <laughs> high school or in college for that. I was a, not a good student when it came to English. Um, but anyway, so the first step of that is build rapport, right? So yeah. every call that we start off, we ask, hey, what would make this t- our time together amazing? And there's nothing, there's nothing rocket science about building a framework. It's just like, what do you want to convey to the person? What, what's right. the reason for the call? What service or, or offering can you add or how can you add value? What are some opportunities together? And then what's next steps? I mean, it's not a, so what I, what we help people do is like build their own framework, build their own kind of way of doing things. And then, you know, just record yourself doing it. I mean, that, that's an easy thing. Like next time you take a call, you know, pick up your phone, push the record button and record the call and then follow your own framework. And you start doing that three to five times, then you're going to tweak the, f- the framework, then you're going to hand it to a virtual assistant. And then that virtual assistant is going to start doing it themselves. And you have to kind of think just like the military, the military doesn't promote 
outsiders, right? You can't come in as a five-star general. You start as at the lowest rank and you go up and there's a reason for that, right? You can't, you can't all of a sudden, and business is no different, right? So if you don't know how to do the job and you hire somebody else to do the job, it's like, well, they don't know what they're doing if you don't know what you're doing. So I think that's another area that, that is a friction point. So you just have to do the job yourself, right? Be willing to practice and teach somebody. Yep. And then record yourself and then hand it off to somebody else and then just monitor the results over time. Yeah. One of the things that um, really trips up a lot of new real estate investors, right? Is they go see some guru. The guru says, send this postcard, you'll buy houses for 30%, make offer, you know, 30% below market value or 40%, whatever ridiculous thing they're claiming. And, you know, they'll come in, they'll use our software to pull a list, you know, and it's usually like 200 properties, right? Because they're going to send yep. a postcard for 50 cents a piece. They think they're going to spend $100 in postcards, right? Yeah. And and make fifty dollars to $100,000, you know, on property. And I'm like, like, first of all, you, you know, what that guy wrote in Utah isn't going to work for you, right? What do right. you, what's going to work in this neighborhood is different. We always say, start with, pull a list that you think's right. Start with knocking on doors, a little hard right now with COVID right. and, and meeting people face to face because you'll start to learn what they need. Then go to phone call. And then after you can close a deal by phone, then move to direct mail to kind of help yourself um, scale up. So it sounds like a lot what you're, you're talking about there. And I think the other thing is, is they, they think that, you know, if I pull the right list, right, I'm going to make one phone call and get a deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from my experience, it was more like 10 to 20,000 postcards to get one deal, you know, a hundred calls to 200 calls to get one deal. Yeah. And you've got to really help with scaling that up because it's hard to sit on a phone and make a hundred phone calls. It's really hard because a hundred phone calls might get you 20 conversations. And out of 20 conversations, you might have one that's decent, but you need to probably have 50 decent conversations before somebody says, okay, why don't you come out to the house? I'm interested in selling. You're interested in buying. Let's, let's talk and meet and see if there's a, you know, an an opportunity here. Um, Yeah. I was just watching this, uh, the Navy SEAL guy who killed Osama bin Laden. He was just in a a group that I'm in and he was doing an interview with us. And it's interesting because the Navy SEALs practiced, they spent 25 years, you know, practicing a boat rescue for a hostage situation. And the very first time they had to do it was like seven years ago. And they'd spent 25 years spending thousands of hours as an organization practicing every year. Right. 25 years, all the motions. And then they got Osama bin Laden. Like, you know, like that was the kind of, you know, regimented practice that they'd done over the years. Nobody expected them to ever live or come back. But the reality is the organization had spent 25 years practicing. And I think as real estate people, sometimes we want that shortcut because we all cheated in high school or maybe even college. I know I did. And, you know, we've had a lot of success and, you know, you've, you've, you, you might've been lucky a lot, but the real deal is, man, you know, growing a business is hard. Finding deals is hard and sticking to it, maybe working for six months without results. That's what's required to start really making the big money. Right. Right. And, you know, so really probably before they're even even working with you, they need to have gone through a little bit of that school of hard knocks at least, right? Made enough phone calls so that they understand and, and they can teach your folks, you know, the, the keys in, in terms of the offer or whatever that playbook is that's pitching, pitching their offer, their business. Well, I love this is the data-driven podcast. So I really want to help your audience with what works in the ISA world. So if you're, let's yeah. focus on the process to making phone calls for investor deals. And I'll try to give you guys some context because we, we have about 2,500 to 3,000 people who this is their job. They've been prospecting. All yeah, all day. And, and spreadsheets, we, we, I, I could 
get you guys cross-eyed right now if we shared some <laughs> spreadsheets, right? Um, but here's the thing. You want to have a program. So if you're, if you're listening right now and you're considering outsourcing your prospecting, these are some of the basics. You have to have a program. So in Sacramento, there's a guy, his name's Paul Blanco, and I'm not advertising for him, but he has the, the Fresh Start program. So okay. no matter what your credit is, you can get a car at low payments and a good quality pre-certified car, right? He has the fresh start program. So right. in the real estate world, you might have the, you know, get cash now program or, you know, whatever it is in terms right. of a business, but you have to have a program. You have to articulate the value of that program. Then you have to articulate who would be a, a, a potential buyer or seller of that, of that product or service, Right. Ideally, it's a little bit differentiated in the market. And it might be specific to an area too. I mean, where you're at in Truckee, California is a big resort area. Most of the population doesn't live there. We come in on the weekend, right? So you have a different, it's a different kind of call if they're non-occupied owners that, you know, don't live there. You, you have a different, totally. different kind of conversation. So you might have a you know, get out of town program, whatever, have a program, articulate who they are and be specific about what the, the offer is, right? Agents are like, well, if you want to buy or sell, maybe, you know, and if you're cold calling to a list without a program, you know, the, the success ratio is like one in 5,000. You're going to have to talk to 5,000 people you know, that's somebody that just goes, yeah, I'll sell to whoever you are on the end of the phone. Right. Like yeah, that's yeah. not a high odds, high odds business. No. So, you know, so those are some of the things. And then, you know, initial calls, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a big, you know, hard sale person. There has to be a reason. So your platform to help them understand, you know, having a change in life or a change in situation or, you know, a death or something happening inside of the property that gives us a reason to call. That's always Very better. Specific setting. Yeah. Right. Very specific reason. Like, yeah, something specific about that property. So one of the things, you know, that everybody's like, oh, I wanna, do you have absentee owner lists? And we're like, yeah, we have, but that's not what you want. Right. Like we've got the data, you know, which is kind of the peanut butter, right. Of the Reese's peanut butter cup. Yep. You got to bring some chocolate, right. You got to bring something, something special that yep. when the two together, it's amazing. Right. right. But um, just buying a list, you can buy a list anywhere. You know, it, you know, what we specialize in is that 200 criteria. So you can match up that list to whatever chocolate you're bringing to the table, your program. Yep. Exactly. I, I love how you say that. My program's chocolate. I like chocolate. The chocolate. Yeah. Yep. We so, were tempted to be the chocolate, but we decided we're just the peanut butter. Like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> well, peanut butter is nice too. Um, back to the, so people, um, screw up when they hire an ISA and then they don't give them objection handlers. Like somebody says, Oh, I'm not interested in right. selling, you know, well, what do you say? Somebody yeah. says, you know, I just bought this house. Why are you calling me? What, what are you going to say? You know? And so you have to document your objection handlers. And then, you know, another piece is there needs to be a value proposition. Well, I buy houses, you know, I, I buy houses in your neighborhood is not a value proposition to the seller. Right. You know, right. you have to find out what's important to them and then have a program that specifically fills their niche need. So one of my favorite things is folks that go after divorce. Well, it's a specialty to go after divorce, you know, clients. It's a specialty super to go hard. after. Yeah, it's super hard and it's a long game, right? It probates another example, you know, you know, second homeowners, you know, people that own vacation homes, that's a whole nother game. And so you want to have, you want to have a value that that entire population needs in your articulated conversation with, with a prospective lead. Uh, you want to have a website. I don't, every time I ask an investor, it's so weird to me. They're like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want them to know who I am. I'm like, <laughs> do you want to be in business? Like, it's like, you don't want a website. I mean, why would, you know, why would you not want a website to, to communicate to people the value that you bring to them and to garner referrals and to be a legitimate business, you know, like you should have a website, you know, yeah. um, you should have a way for people to ver verify and validate who you are when you're calling them, you know, um, 
a phone system. You know, one of the major mistakes people have is, what do you mean I have to have a phone system? I'm like, well, your outsourced person, your virtual assistant, they need to be on your phone system. It needs to look like it's a call from Truckee or from Sacramento. If you're in Sacramento, it can't come from a New York number or a Florida number. That's way easier to do today. Pretty easy for folks from the Philippines to call looking like they're coming from Truckee. Yeah, which is really, really awesome. But here's another thing you want to have. And if you're listening right now, and I'm sorry, I'm just spewing, but these are all the best practices. So this doesn't ensure success. It just ups the odds that you're going to have success. We like a call recording. So every call that goes out has a back end where you can click and listen to the call and coach your person. Like, right. Right. So if you, the more you put in, right, to getting that person trained and working and going and the more feedback you give them, the better they'll do going forward and the better your results will be. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. If you're having a specialty, if your chocolate is different for every Reese's peanut butter cup, then you've got a lot of different things to coach on because you might be calling on a certain population one day and another population another day. And, and you want to have a different script because there's a different value proposition to different people. And so managing that requires consistent feedback loops with your people. So a lot of our folks are doing daily huddles where they're just talking through and role playing 15, 20 minutes in the morning after they're trained, after they're trained, that's all you got to do. In the beginning, it takes about 90 days to get somebody up to speed to do this job right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, it's the same thing if you hire somebody here, right? It it takes 90 days to get somebody up to speed and understand what you're doing and and the rest. And that's, that's just, that's just being in business. Yeah. And you know, it's fun is, um, once you've systematized this, once you've hired the person and trained them, you can pretty much delegate all the first contact. And their job in, my, in our world, their job is not to make a deal on the phone. It's just to get the expert on the phone or in an in-person meeting. So right. show up, you know, your, your person, your the virtual assistant is making the call confirming that they are interested, confirming what their stats are, their reason. Um, here's a big one, time frame and motivation. Those are the only two things that matter in the prospecting game when you're calling on houses, right? So what's their time frame? When do they need to get out? And why are they wanting to get out? And right. if you capture those two things, everything else doesn't matter. And so coaching around how to get that out of somebody is a really big deal. Yeah, right. That's that's the data-driven part that gives you a chance to come in and actually close the deal. Because if you can answer that why, right, and help them with solve that problem, then you get a much better chance of doing a deal. It's one of the things that, you know, I've always coached folks on the real estate investing side, right? Like, you got to go in with your listening ears on, you know, yeah. more than your, your the talking side, right? And if at the end of the day, you don't understand that person's problem, you're never going to solve it. Yep. Uh, And what I love, what I love about that two person approach too, is if you go to, I mean, everybody on this thing, if you've ever bought a car, there's always a guy who walks out to the car lot and shows you the car. And then he goes, Hey, let me get my boss. And then he walks away and he brings the boss because the boss is the closer. That's your role, but you don't have to be the person that goes out to the dealer, you know, on the, on the hot tarmac at a hundred degrees sweating, talking about these five different cars. That's not your job. Your highest and best use is closing deals. And once you close deals, getting them renovated and back on the market or renovated and and leased out. So our whole world is just helping investors, business owners, people buy some of their time back. Okay. And you're using systems here and you're using everything from, I imagine, high price CRM systems to whatever the client is bringing there, yep. right? And uh, down to spreadsheets, it sounds like as well, Yep. you know, yep. In, in cases. So, um, and, and what do you see there? Like, is it size of company that starts getting into CRMs and, and those kinds of things? Is it sophistication? I mean, is, you know, it's funny. Yeah. The the funniest thing is I talked to a longtime client. He's been with us since like 2011 or something. And he's in LA and, you know, he, he still runs everything on a spreadsheet. And it's wild to me because that's not how I would do it because it's very complicated. He has this, I mean, 
he was showing me the spreadsheet and I, and it was like, okay, move this lead to this tab. And when it's like this, you got to mark it like that. If it's this kind of a lead and it was like all convoluted, but here's the thing. The only effect was it took longer to hire, it took longer to basically train up a person. Yeah. But the spreadsheet in, in effect was a system and a process. It was just complicated. So it's harder to learn. But the fact is he had a process. He had scripts in there. He had different lead types in there. He had motivation and time frame in there. He had, you know, instruction manuals, basically how to handle and how to pull leads. I mean, he had everything. And so he, when he's showing me it on spreadsheet, I'm thinking, well, I understand why he has it on a spreadsheet because in order to buy a CRM, and then custom program it to do all the things that he's just doing in Excel, it'd be very expensive and the market could shift and those leads could go away. So he manages everything in a spreadsheet. It's not, you know, a, a, a system and a process could be just a check sheet on paper. It could right. be boxes in your office and you're moving paper from one box to the next box. It doesn't, I mean, that's not perfect for a virtual assistant to use, okay. but at least you have one. The guy who taught me the foreclosure business, right? Yep. Trustee Sale, he had a shoebox. Yep. And he'd go out with a Polaroid camera, take photos of properties, right? Mm-hmm. He'd do his title research and put the notes on the back of the Polaroid. Yeah. And then in the shoebox, there was dividers for each day of the month because, you know, the properties are scheduled for sale on a particular day. Yeah. And so when he gets to the day, he's got his Polaroids with his notes for every property being called for auction. And then if yeah. it got postponed, he moves it to the new, new day. And if it gets canceled, he puts it in the, in the canceled file. And, and that, you know, he ran his whole box in a shoebox and Polaroids. So, well, but it was a system. It was a process and it worked. Yeah. And that's exactly my point is that um, it's the people who want to buy their way and my favorite analogy, if you're listening right now, is um, I don't hitchhike in somebody else's car ever. Like, I never pay another third party to call my leads. I don't buy leads from some third party. I'm always developing my own. I'm always developing my own lead list. I'm always calling my own leads. I'm always doing it in-house because I just don't believe um, in buying your way into scaling a company. Okay. So... That's it's that's my favorite line. No hitchhiking in somebody else's car. No hitchhiking in somebody else's car. Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, we talked to you know we're talking quite a bit about uh, prospecting. Yep. Um, you know, I do think you know one of the things that we talk to our real estate investor, our realtor, our mortgage customers right now, um, Aaron. Um, uh, is doing another one of these podcasts with a gal from IBM who did a lot of research around, you know, how many touch points, right? In the old days, like the direct, ma- uh, the direct mail handbook, which is this amazing book about this thick that, you know, I read, I think in the eighties mm. about how to do direct mail, you know, was saying how important it was not just, just to send one postcard. You really needed to send three postcards in order to get a response. Yep. And of course, in these days with digital, you know, she was saying it's something now like 28 impressions, mm-hmm. right? Before you should expect somebody to respond to your offer, mm-hmm. right? And this is something we really try to get across to new folks coming into the, the real estate business is, look, you've got to get in front of that person 28 times Jeez. right? before they're going to respond. Now, that's not always true, but it's it's yeah. better to start thinking at that scale. And so you know, take a list from property radar and use it as a custom audience and online ads, right? Yep. Think about email, but it's not one and do the direct mail and do, it's like, you've got to be hitting multiple things and it's a bunch of work. And yeah. so I would yeah. think marketing is another place where you guys are probably helping out a lot, building those audiences and uh, making those touch points is, and keeping uh, stuff out there regularly. Well, I love what you're saying because, you know, even in my own business, you know, we're hitting people with Facebook and Google ads. We're sending emails. We've got a newsletter. We're sending text messages. We're, we're pushing our content out every, every single day on social media. So, you know, investors, you know, business owners, this is the game that we're in now. And with this coronavirus thing, 
everything is switched from digital. You know, yeah, print is yeah. print is just it's there and it's and it's it's another tool to add. Um, and paid is there and it's another tool to add, but referrals are a big deal. People that you know are a big deal. Your neighborhood's a big deal. Your network's a big deal. And I always encourage people to start start at the top, the thing that has always generated the most business for you. And then add once that's going, add the next one. Then once that's going, add the next one. And so that's kind of one of the challenges that people have is like, well, what would I post on social media? What do your clients care about? What are the people that sell you homes? What are the problems that they have? And so our virtual assistants can help, you know, even just be a marketing coordinator for your, your business, just to make sure your message is getting out and make sure people are getting connected to you um, on social media. I thought it was so cool that you were having them read like the local newspaper and stuff, right? So, yeah. you know, these folks are smart enough to be going in and looking at what might be a value in the local news and in, in lo- that's topical locally to maybe even make a, a list of suggestions to you of things that you go, yeah, you know what? That's a great story. Let's, let's talk about that with our folks. Well, what's funny is that it's smoky in California right now. So, you know, <laughs> an easy, you know, opener is, Hey, how, how's, what, how smoky is it outside for you right now? You know, right. like if you're in Northern California, you're, there's some level of smoke outside. So if your virtual assistant knows that and then can incorporate that into a framework and maybe even into some of your marketing, you know, like that's how, that's how you really build programs and systems is, you know, really marketing is all about keeping current with what's happening right now. You know, are you tired of the riots? Are you tired of the locusts? Are you tired of the floods? Are you tired of the fires? Are you tired of coronavirus? You want to get out? I help people get out, you know? That's right, kind of the escaping taxes in California. <laughs> That's another thing. You know, we have an escape tax plan. You might be a candidate because I see that you don't actually live here full time. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, I think we just um, created a new um, framework for people and you're using your service right there. Yeah, no, there's a lot around, around that, you know, like there's little niche ones that people don't know about, like the ability to move your tax basis. So you're in the Bay Area, you're in an expensive home, but you've been there for 20 years. So you have a low property tax. Yep. You can actually keep that property tax low, move to an area where, where homes are a quarter of the price, put a million bucks in the bank yep. and keep your low property taxes. It's, it's amazing, right? So th- there's all these little niche things that you can go out and target and that's where having hundreds of criteria is important because it's again, you know, you need that data there to go find those things, but you've got to bring that chocolate, that idea to the, uh, to the table, both to the marketing and to the, uh, and to the prospecting. Um, maybe we should call that. this, maybe we should call this episode, bring the chocolate. Bring the chocolate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's super important. Well, and it, it's, it's interesting to hear though, right? Like, how important it is, you know, that you see that over and I mean, it's something we've believed for a long time and it's something we see in the customers that are successful or not. But I mean, you see it at a whole, cause we're just at the end of the day, we're handing them the peanut butter. They use it however they use it. Right. Right. You're seeing it at a different level because now they're passing that peanut butter on to you, the data and saying, yep. Hey, go call this list. Yeah. You're actually making those phone calls. And so you're seeing it at a different level than we are because you're getting either the hang up or the engagement, right? Yeah. We're well, not doing that for the customer. Well, here's here's the thing. And and that's why I'm harping on the system and process being so important and having a program in place, right? And one of the things that I, I'm on a call with a group in Atlanta and they, they do a ton of... Tra- I'm talking about thousands of transactions a year, this group in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, they were having challenges with their show-up ratio. So they'd book an appointment and then they'd have only 30% of people show up. And so I started asking questions like, hey, what's your tie down? Once you, once you make an appointment, what's your tie down? And they're like, right. what's, a, what's a tie down? I'm like, well, great. I'll, I'll help you with a tie down. Hey, Daniel's, a, a, you know, time is really important. I want to make sure I get this on your calendar. Are you using Google or Outlook? Like, how, how would I get this on your calendar so you don't forget the appointment? Do you mind if I text you the morning of so that you, you know you, you're reminded and so there are all these tricks. Yeah. yeah. And you could confirm the appointment the day of. And so, 
you know, there's all these tricks to get a show up ratio higher. Well, we also added some stuff into their program because their program lacked the value for the end user. Like they were, they were, are, you know, they were articulating like why it was good to work with them and they articulating what they did, but they weren't articulating the value that the end user got from meeting with them in the calls. So all these things are just little tweaks. So people have more success with prospecting and they're freaking hard. They're hard. Right. Because you've got to describe yourself and the why you're in business to help other people. Right. Yeah, no, no. The chocolate pieces, you know, we talk about it like it's so easy, but it is really hard to come up with, you know, what's your differentiator? What do you do differently, right? And, you know, just attending a class where some guru from Utah said, send this postcard isn't a differentiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and a good marketing, man. I, I can't tell you how many people who compete with us. This is the funny part. I just found a website where they literally cut, copied and pasted our website onto their URL. And I can't tell you how many people pretend to do all the things that we do, but they just put it on their website, you know, as if they do it. But I mean, we're, we're organized in the Philippines. So we're a corporation over there. We have a U.S. based staff that interviews every single person prior to you actually doing it. There's somebody who's like, you know, she has a master's in this stuff. So, and and you met her, Megan, she's like, insanely. She's insanely good. So every single person that gets hired, and last month we hired uh, 98 people. We helped 98 people get jobs here at my outdesk and helped investors and business owners, you know, grow their business with, through leverage. And right. so every single one of those people, we did an FBI grade background check. We did multiple round interviews. We're checking their internet and making sure they have enough speed at their home, that their equipment is new. So they show up on day one and they're ready to work. But we can't do the hard work, which is building the chocolate system and process. You know, that's, right. that's on the entrepreneur. Um, but we do have this guide, Sean. And I don't know, I think we're at that point where we might want to give this away, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So if you're listening now, what this is, um, you know, the I, we, and they, it's the seven figure business roadmap that we wrote. And it basically in that map, it breaks down all the things you have to do in order to actually grow and scale. And then it has different sections and what your challenges are, what you have to focus on. So it has everything that you need in order to really consider leverage and hiring a virtual professional to help your business grow and scale. So I put 13 years, 6,000 clients, my heart and soul into this book. So I, say, I read it and it's good business advice, even if you aren't going to hire a virtual assistant, right? It's, 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 there's a lot of good stuff in there to help you grow as an entrepreneur, as somebody who wants to be serious of business and grow your business. And I think it's necessary yep. and a required step in order to actually start to deploy virtual assistants, virtual professionals. Um, but, but I think everybody will benefit from it. Well, and it was a quick read, right? I mean, you, you knocked oh, yeah. it out in a, in a couple hours. I mean, I, I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. a super easy read. Um, and when you get the book, uh, we'll give you a call and we'll go through a consultation. So if you have an interest in actually hiring a virtual assistant, then we'll walk you through how to do that. But in order to get a copy, you just want to text this number. The number to text is 31996. And then in the message part, you put SVP. So Sam Victor Paul in the message part. And then everything that we covered today about prospecting, marketing, like how to build, it's all in there. So you don't have to, you know, take mad notes as you're listening to this. You can actually get a copy and then write on the book. It's meant to be a kind of a workbook kind of thing as you implement virtual professionals. But um, again, the number to text is 31996. The letters to text, the message is Sam Victor Paul. So it's scale with virtual professionals, SVP. And you'll get a copy of the book for free. Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, Ask like, uh, you know, so we've covered a lot of stuff. Like for somebody, you know, a realtor, real estate investor, let's stick to those two. Yep. Right. Just getting started, maybe doesn't have the budget for a virtual professional. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's dial it back a little bit for that, that person not yeah. quite ready for this. Yeah. Um, 
what's your best piece of advice for them to, to get maybe from the I to the we, right? Like to transition at that level. Yep. Well, your first hire is always your CRM and integrate it, you know, with the right data. I'm a big fan of hiring a CRM so it can kind of keep your follow-up task and, and kind of keep your contact list in order. Uh, you know, after that, your first hire is an administrative assistant. Like if you're making any kind of revenue, there's always in real estate, we have this concept of highest and best use. Like, right. you know, you buy a corner lot and there's a lot of visibility there. You want to put a gas station or a hotel or a restaurant or a drive-in, you know, something, something that makes sense. sense for a corner, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Leverage that corner. Right. And as an entrepreneur, that same advice exists in your day-to-day. So think about the things. What, where do you make the most money in your business? You know, whether it's talking to customers, building relationships, you know, you know, finding deals, where do you add the most money to your bank account? And then figure out the rest of your day. Like figure out what are you doing for the rest of the day and try to give that piece away so that you have this singular focus of just driving revenue, adding value for your business. Um, if dude, ignore everything I said today. If you just focus on your highest and best use as a entrepreneur, as a business owner, that will help you grow. What's your one thing you do, right? That, that uh, sets you apart and that makes you money and that helps and focus on that one thing and, and you'll be a lot better off. Well, Daniel, awesome having you with us here today on the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. Uh, yeah. Glad to give everybody a little taste of virtual professionals. I think a lot of people, you know, maybe they've seen the Tim Ferriss book or other things and hear yeah. about it. No people are doing it, but it feels so kind of out there and, and uh, unreachable. So hopefully we brought that in a little bit uh, closer. Um, we'll see if our uh, number of virtual professionals logging into Property Radar every day goes up after this. I love uh, it. There's certainly a lot of them. And uh, yeah, thanks again uh, for being here with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Sean, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. You can find show notes and links to some of the resources mentioned in the show at datadrivenrealestate.com. Click that join the community and you'll be forwarded to the Property Radar community where you can ask questions about the current show and even see upcoming guests and ask questions there. We'd love to engage with you in the community, so check it out. Please don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform where you're listening to the show. It helps us out a great deal. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.